Welcome to My Property World, a light and informative look at all things property. We have designed this series for people involved in property and property finance in the UK market. However, we do take examples from all around the property world. Our aim is for us to make money from property together. Whether that be buying, selling, financing, trading or getting involved in a deal in another way. We do this by informing, entertaining and enjoying ourselves talking property, which gives you a chance to get to know us, what we're up to and to check us out until you're ready to make money together. In the meantime, My Property World is free and fun, so plug in your headphones and enjoy. We would love for you to like, share and comment, so please do on social media. And if you have questions, ideas for topics or deals you would like to explore, we're always looking for guests, so get in touch via the My Property World profile. Hello, I'm Will Mallard, and this is My Property World. Uh, in today's episode, we're joined by Claire from Cashflow Leasing. You're very welcome, Claire. Hi, Will. Thanks for having me. Now, what is Cashflow Leasing? So, Cashflow Leasing is um, it's an asset leasing business. So, what we do is we help property professionals to furnish their rental properties so if that's HMOs or serviced accommodation hotels that sort of thing without having to um, use their cash up front so it's a minimal upfront costs and because you're leasing it you only pay it uh, monthly normally over a three-year term and there's also tax benefits as well. Okay well we can go into lots of details uh, how did you get into this business and sorry if someone wants to find out more what, what's your website? Of course. So my website is www.cashflowleasing.co.uk. Wonderful. So that's www.cashflowleasing.co.uk. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. Excellent. How did you come up with the idea uh, for this business? Okay. So I worked for another leasing company uh, about three or four years ago. Um, and I was their first employee. So I learned about leasing from the ground up sort of thing. So I learned pretty much everything there was about, about asset leasing. Um, I then left that business. Not, I didn't, my intention was not to start cash flow leasing. It was to go on and do property like a lot of other people do. Um, but unfortunately I, um, I struggled with the sourcing side of things. I found that, I was always worried about giving people a bad deal and that sort of thing. So I couldn't do it. So my mentor said to me, why don't you do what you know? So that went back to leasing because I was good at it. Um, I could see um, sort of holes in their service, if that makes sense. So how to better it. Um, and because of my customer service skills I had from previous jobs, um, obviously I had really good relationships with customers um, and also one of the main things was that I liked it when I got a really difficult deal um, I don't like no's so I would always be the one that spend a bit more time to try and get deals over the line so because of all of that I thought you know it's a bit of a no-brainer really let's get into um, asset leasing and that's how cash flow leasing was born and that was in June 2019 so I started just before the pandemic so yeah has been a difficult year but we're still here oh f fantastic 
And um, in terms of what, what sort of things, um, what sort of assets do people uh, within property lease from you? What can they lease? So most people think when you think of asset leasing, it's just the furniture. Um, but actually you can lease a lot more items. So you can do furniture, you can do white goods, you can do soft furnishings. Um, most of my suppliers do packages, so like kitchen packs. So that's everything from your microwave down to your teaspoon, that sort of thing. Um, they do linen packs. Um, so basically everything you need to go into a property so that you can then rent it out, they will provide. So with providing that is all on um, an invoice from them, then we can lease it. But also one of the things that people don't know about is that if you own a property um, and you're refurbing it, we can actually work with your builder as long as they're VAT registered um, and we can lease other items so look, such as kitchens, bathrooms, fire doors, alarm systems, external doors, blinds, um, quite a lot of stuff that people don't actually realise. So there are more, um, yeah, more than what, more than just furniture. Okay, and how how does it actually work? So, uh, if I was leasing a fire door um, or, or thirty fire doors, how how would that work? So, like I said, we have to work with a VAT supplier. So, in that situation, it would be the builder, um, and what he would do is he would invoice for whatever it is thirty fire doors, for instance, and that would be all that he would put on there because they won't cover labour costs or anything like that. So, they would just put thirty fire doors um we then put the application across so send you out an application form that sort of thing um get all your information back so the application process itself can take about two weeks at the moment because of lockdown it's taken about three weeks that's from initial conversation to actually paying out to the supplier whether that's the furniture supplier or the builder um, and how it works is once it does pay out it will pay direct to the supplier so in this situation, it will go to your builder. So you have to make sure you've got a good relationship with your builder because you probably would have already paid him for the work that he's done. So he would get paid a second time and then he would have to refund you what you paid him or the, the amount that's on the invoice, technically. Very good. And, and you're, uh, you're looking for uh, additional suppliers um, as well as property owners. Is that, that correct? Yeah, so we're always looking for um, suppliers, so furniture suppliers, that sort of thing, um, to work with, providing their VAT registered. It also offers their business, you know, another way of the customer paying them. So rather than your normal, um, what are they, like loans or what do they have, like finance arrangements that, that a lot of companies have, you know, we work alongside a lot of suppliers who offer leasing to me you know to us and offer customers the leasing um, as another payment method and also because of the tax benefits it's better than a normal loan or higher purchase or whatever you want to call the finance arrangement so yeah we're always looking for um, suppliers to work with that um, you know work with landlords um, developers that sort of thing where they put furniture into a property and the main stipulation is they have to be a limited company and they have to have the intention to, to keep the property for three years. So the same length of time as a lease, but that doesn't mean you have to own it. You can all, um, be on a rent to rent contract to have management of that property for the three years. Okay, so, 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 so that, that must um, be very attractive to 
So what, what, what would a uh, rent to renter be looking at uh, to kit out a five or six bedroom uh, HMO from, from scratch? So it depends on the supplier and it depends on um, how you want to do like obviously if it's um, students and that sort of thing it might be a lower end than if you're looking kitting it out for um, professionals so um, and it depends on what sort of package you get so depending on that it would be I'll say for that sort of price about seven thousand um, but I'm I'm thinking of the net price so a lease gets set up net the supplier gets paid gross so that's plus VAT. Okay, um, the lease, obviously net price plus your interest rate over the 36 months, and then you pay your VAT monthly. And so what, uh, just using that, that example, roughly what, what would we be talking about on a monthly uh, basis to, to lease that for three years? Okay, I knew you were gonna ask me that. It's good job I got my little calculator out. So if we said 7,000, um, it does depend on the business and some of the lenders at the moment have changed the way that they underwrite, which is really frustrating. Um, it used to be that if you were an established business, you'd get around about 10.5%, which is absolute buttons when you think about the tax reliefs that you get. Um, for a new business, it sounds expensive. It's 20, around about 20%. But as I mentioned, if you take in consideration the tax relief, then it actually does reduce down your the interest that you've paid over those three years. So for um, 7,000 net, you're looking at new business over three years, uh, 280, round up, 282 pound a month plus net, uh, plus VAT, sorry. Okay, so, so, so rather than having to come up with 7,000 pounds up front to get into a property, uh, plus yep. all the other uh, costs associated with, with doing so, uh, you, you can get it kitted out for, in that example, um, 280, what, what was it? 282. 282 pounds uh, plus yeah. VAT. Okay. Now, uh, the attractiveness is, is quite obvious uh, for a, a new business. Now, you, you, you think for a more established uh, operator, mm -hmm. uh, what... What, what sort of, uh, you're, you're down from that figure, I, I take it? Yeah, so at the moment, like I said, their underwriting is a little bit more strict. So even if you're established, um, obviously they take into consideration your accounts and your credit score as well. So we would hope to achieve, um, it's, for on here it's 249 plus VAT. Mm -hmm. But obviously if there is any, any issues they come up, they may revert it back to what we just quoted um, or there is what we call a tier two. So a tier two is um, what I try to achieve when you've got a new business. So for instance, if you're already a, a property professional and you're going into a JV partnership with somebody and you set up a brand new company for I don't know, HMO or something you're doing together. Um, so it's a brand new business, but you've got experience, you've got a portfolio, that sort of thing. So we look to get the middle rate, which is about 15%. Um, which works out in this example, 264 plus VAT. So we would use experience to try and get a better rate. Um, so, so yeah, that's how it, how it works at the moment. So we would hope it'd be sort of worst case scenario, 282 plus VAT and best case scenario, 249 plus VAT. And obviously uh, if we're talking about uh, smaller properties or larger properties or 
different uh, uh, stuff going in that, that's going to vary the rates, but it gives us a, a bit of a working figure for today. Now tell me, what, um, what sort of scenarios, um, so we've talked about a, a rent to renter, we've, um, we've talked um, uh, previously in the past, uh, I'm aware that you're also uh, able to help with uh, hotels. Um, so someone buys a hotel um, and they've got this enormous outlay on all, all sorts of things. Um, yeah. you're, you're able to help them spread that, that out and help their, their short-term cash flow. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, so with a lot of um, big deals like that, um, providing they own the property, we could look to try and do it over five years. Um, obviously, it's down to the lender, but we would try and do it over five because obviously there's a higher amount per month. So we'd want to split it out over the a longer term, really, um, in those situations. Okay, and, and you're uh, also open to uh, the care home business, which is, um, which is uh, something that's going through uh, enormous change at the moment uh, from all sorts of angles. Um, and, and the business side is, is under increasing pressure for, for cash. And um, I can see the attractiveness there. Yeah, 100%. So care homes... Um... Again, they can vary from when you say care homes, it could be like you think about like the big homes for the elderly, that sort of thing. Um, so again, we'd look if they own it, we'd look to do it over a longer term. So it keeps their affordability per month down. Um, but also one of the things we are getting into getting a lot of interest from at the moment is um, social housing as well. So we have a, a couple of social housing providers who um, would work with us. The only difference there is obviously the furniture they're putting in is a lot cheaper um, and the minimum for a lease is 2000 net. So what a lot of my social housing customers do is they will accumulate, uh, I don't know, however many they do in a month and put them on one lease. So therefore you go over the minimum of 2000 and you get um, three or four properties, whether this is rent to rent or owned on a lease and also what you're doing there as well is you're saving on your um, setup costs so for a lease arrangement I don't charge anything I get paid commission but the lenders charge a setup fee of 150 pound plus VAT, and that comes out with the first month's premium so if you're doing a lot of properties a month it may be worth like I say waiting to the end of the month and doing them retrospective so that means get the money back so you pay for everything to be delivered um, supplier gets paid a second time and then they refund you what you've paid. So in that sort of sector, that's what they're they're doing. There's, there's a lot of, at the moment, that, that sector is booming. There's a lot of people doing it. And leasing is a way, again, to minimise upfront costs. Um, and also they've got a guaranteed rent, so they can work that out into their calculation of how much that's going to cost them. Same with rent to rent, guys. You know, a lot of them will ring me up and say, I've got this potential landlord. Can you tell me how much it's going to cost? I've got this quote for furniture. And then they will work, they will use the quote or the figure that I give them to negotiate the rental with the um, landlord or make sure that the rental they've already agreed, plus the um, amount they're going to pay leasing, still gives them a good enough profit at their, like whatever their minimum occupancy, that sort of thing is. So I do work a lot with my customers to make sure it is affordable. Fantastic. Now, um, in plain English, uh, how yes. 
how uh, does the tax side of this work? What, what, what's in it for, uh, for a, a operator who can see the, the short-term cash flow benefits mm -hmm. of going down a leasing model? What, what happens uh, as far as tax goes? What, what's the okay. difference of leasing versus buying? Yeah, so there's two sides of this. Okay, so one is the residential. So your um, HMOs, your social housing, that sort of side of it. Um, so for them, if they were to purchase their, so like I said, I'm not an accountant, so obviously double check everything with an accountant. But my understanding that I've spoken to tax um, professionals about to make sure they get it right is um, for HMO guys, it's classed as um, residential, same as a buy-to-let, that sort of thing. Um, if you were to purchase your uh, furniture, you can't claim that back against your capital allowance. You can only claim your replacements back. When you lease, as far as I understand, you can claim it back 100%. And then with HMOs and service accommodation or the others, the other benefit you've got, because with SAs, you can do that anyway, because it's um, the model is that obviously because you're renting it out as a holiday let, you have to have furniture in it. So they get that claim. They can claim that back anyway. But the other benefit across the board is um, corporation tax relief. So because it's a business expense, you can claim your corporation tax relief of 19%, which it is at the moment, um, back against your monthly premium. So because of that tax saving, obviously that then reduce your the cost of borrowing, if that makes sense. Hopefully that makes sense. <laughs> okay. Yep. No, that, that makes very good sense. Now, what, what's the process for becoming a customer? Okay. So... Um, there's two ways of doing it. One is that you've already got an order with um, a supplier and then you come to me and you say, I've got this order. Um, how much is it going to cost to lease? And we have a conversation. Um, other customers come to me before they've chosen a supplier. So they make sure that they work with one that is on my list. Um, and if they're not on my list, then I can have a conversation with the supplier to see if they will work with me for that customer. Um, so either way, we have a conversation about their business so obviously they have to be limited a limited company or limited liability partnership um i think there's a, a charity um can't remember the name of it now but there's one of those that we can work with as well um and basically we just talk about the business so what the what the deal is that you've got um how long you've been trading what your history is with regards to property you know do you have any um any properties that sort of thing so just basically get to know my customer, first of all, that's what's important. And obviously ask them the awkward questions like, is there any any um, credit issues or anything you think might come up? Because if there is, we, we'd have to look to put with them with a different um, lender. Um, also need to know if they are a homeowner. So some of the rent to rent guys, they're non-homeowners. And during lockdown, it was quite difficult to place them because we didn't have a lender that would work with non-homeowners. Because what they do, the one that we've got, is they ask for um, a homeowning guarantor. So for instance, a lot of rent to rent guys are quite quite young um, starting out and they would get like their mum or dad or somebody like that to who's a homeowner to stand with them, you know, with their to do their leasing to get them on going. And it's the same with a lot of referencing for rent to rent as well. Um, in order to get the landlord's approval, they have to get a guarantor anyway. So it's the same sort of process. So we get to know our customers to find out exactly whether or not we can 
work with them. Um, and if we can, obviously explain which lender we think is more likely going to work, how that lender works, and just be open and upfront about costs, that sort of thing. Um, then we send out application forms and we ask them to complete that. And that's like ID, um, bank statements, copy of the rent to rent agreement, that sort of thing. Obviously, copy of the, um, the order. And then once you've got that, we can apply to the lender. Okay. Uh, and what, what do you enjoy most about this business? Huh. That's a difficult one. So me personally, I get a buzz out of helping people. So knowing that I'm helping people to, you know, get on the property ladder, uh, move their businesses forward quickly, because that is obviously a bonus to, to leasing. You know, you're not using your capital. So therefore you can use that to grow your business quicker by getting more deposits out there, whether that's, you know, a purchase or a rent to rent, that sort of thing. Um, so I really enjoy just the helping people. Um, and I also enjoy it when I get a tricky one that the, the lenders say no, but then I manage to get it across the line. So I really enjoy that as well. Um, but I think mainly it's just knowing that I am, I'm delivering a service that is helping people's businesses grow. Yeah, fantastic. And, and um, how, uh, how are you finding uh, the lockdown yourself? You're, you're in a, um, uh, you're in a relatively new business, but uh, you've you've got it up and running, and and um, I've been hearing, uh, you know, loads of good reports uh, out there in social media land about what you're up to and uh, who you're working with, and um, how are you you finding it in yourself? So, uh, what did I, I started in in June, and obviously when you start a new business, you think it's going to be this really is 2019. Of 2019. So yeah, just. Yeah, so about six months before um, lockdown actually happened. So to be honest, I actually grew quite quickly. Um, and that was because people knew who I, who I was. So I was, people were still asking me, um, you know, about leasing, even when I wasn't doing leasing, if that makes sense. Um, so because of the fact that people knew who, who I was, that helped grow my business to start with. Um, I also partnered up with a lot of people who refer to me. So they can be um, suppliers, they can be mentors, training academies. Um, I've got sources, so people who source rent to rents, that sort of thing, um, or just normal sourcing, HMOs, uh, management companies, so HMO management or service accommodation. So a lot of people that I partner with refer to me. Obviously, they get rewarded for it. Um, but, you know, I've got quite a few good relationships from that and it's sort of like a mutual thing you know if someone asks um who's a good SA management company that sort of thing in a certain area then I say whoever because I work with them that sort of thing so it's a mutual sort of respect for each other but yeah they helped me get through um lockdown to be honest so even when things weren't going I always knew that I could count on these guys to if they had any business going themselves then I knew that they would refer to me um so when the first lockdown happened, March, what was that, 2020, the first one, that was really difficult because property completely stopped. Nobody did anything. Um, also, I had to homeschool, so it was hard. So I think what I, I think at that point what I did was there was two things that I thought about. One was um, obviously we all do it. Do we just give up? 
you know, do we just stop and focus on my, my daughter, that sort of thing, or do I keep going? So um, the first couple of months, I sort of ticked along just dealing with what was coming in. Um, I didn't openly go out there to get more business because I thought, you know, people aren't doing anything. So for the first couple of months, um, I just dealt with what was what was already on the table, if that makes sense, and um, focused on homeschooling my daughter. Um, then it got to a point where obviously those things on my desk stopped. So it was like, well, what am I going to do? I need to, to keep going, otherwise it's going to fold. Um, so what I did at that point was um, on social media, speak to people who had done projects. So you can uh, release capital, release your cash from projects you've done up to three months. It used to be six, but they changed it to three. Um, so that's what I advertise. It's like, you know, have you done, because people obviously needed cash. Have you done any any uh, properties and furnish them? Would you be looking to get the cash back out? That sort of thing. So not only would it help my business continue, it also help other people to get a cash injection. So that's what I focused on during that. Obviously, the, the hardest bit was the lenders um, because they all ran scared. Serviced accommodation was the hardest. Um, the, the main um, lenders wouldn't work with anyone that had a serviced accommodation unit. So I was mainly focusing on HMOs and things like that during that time. Uh, a couple of lenders um, stopped. So, you know, the price I gave, like the tier one price for established business, that completely came off the market. It was literally the 15% or 20%. That was it. And like I said, the non-homeowning people, they completely, completely stopped taking on any new business. They just dealt with what they had. So lender-wise, it was very difficult. Um, but we just kept going by... We just kept just kept going, just kept getting out there. Then when lockdown kind of finished, um, property people were still out there, still doing stuff. Things took a lot longer, um, which they still are now, to be honest. It's not really changed in the last, I don't know, I'm trying to think when it was it June or July last year when we actually could get back out, start doing stuff. Then we had the mini lockdown, didn't we, again, over Christmas. Um, but the difference there was that property wasn't affected. Um and estate agents were still doing their jobs. People could still do viewings. So I think that helped a lot with my business because it didn't actually completely stop the next time. And now it is gradually growing. Things are um, opening up a lot more now. And I'm seeing a lot more deals coming in, a lot more bigger deals coming in, like uh, blocks of apartments, that sort of thing. And people are now opening up or lenders are now opening up to the fact that the SA market isn't that bad and there's going to be a big boom because of staycations and things like that so they are now becoming a little bit more um, open to the service accommodation world again so that's all positive so at the moment for me it was a very difficult year um, and yeah I'll be honest there was a couple of points where I thought maybe I should just give up um, I guess I was lucky because I didn't take on any staff at the moment it's just myself um, literally at the beginning of lockdown I was just about to take on um, an admin assistant to help me so I'm glad in a way I didn't do that um, but yeah I'm hoping that going forward it's going to be good for my business and we will grow um, and, 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 do and how about uh, how did you um, how did you get started with your sales and marketing you, you obviously had a uh, you've got your website up and running you're uh, you're very active on social media uh, what, what, what else have you been up to and how, how have you been, uh, what have you learned over the, the course of the, the last few months? 
So when I first started, I was traveling all over the UK um, doing property event, property networking meetings and stuff like that. I went right up to Edinburgh, you know, I did everywhere um, to get my business out there. And I think that helped because that meant that people knew who I was. Um, Then I went to more, you know, say like the partnering. I think if I didn't have my partnerships that I've got, then I think everyone, that's what people need is, is to partner with people and have those people they can they can count on because they know that you're delivering a good service um there are obviously sometimes you get into some relationships and you think they're not quite right so you have to walk away from those ones as well um so that was that was difficult but um yeah I think the main thing is that I went from I I, I can see how that would um happen sometimes like you uh you get into uh, a situation where a deal packager has introduced you to a, a client and you're, you're happy with the client, you're doing a good job for the client, but they're not necessarily... Uh, the right person, uh, the right... The, yeah, the, the, yeah the, the client's not happy with the deal packager for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's a tricky line because yeah. you've been introduced by the deal packager. Um, yeah. But yeah. You, you don't want to be tarred with the... same Same brush brush. basically yeah 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 I had a yeah a couple of situations like that but as long as I'm doing my part of the job with integrity and using my morals then I I know that I'm doing it right but there are times when you know you have to walk away from certain partnerships because you feel that they don't align with the you know your ethos that sort of thing um you know same with suppliers as well you know I've worked with um some some suppliers where um, you know, the customers have been ringing me up saying, you know, they've only delivered half a package and stuff like that. Um, so again, you know, it's about if I'm referring these people, you know, if they're on my list of suppliers and they need to be delivering as good a customer service as what I do. Um, so there are, yeah, relationships are difficult and it's about, like I say, growing really good ones with the ones that you connect with, have got the same morals as you, that sort of thing. And it's also knowing when to walk away from stuff as well, because you don't want to be, you know, like you say, tarred with the same brush, you know, that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, a lot of what I do is on social media. As you said, you know, I'm quite active on social media. I do a lot of live videos. Um, I do interviews like this. I do podcasts. So I try to get my business out there, but I also try to get myself out there so people get to know me and what I'm about so that they can understand, you know, it's not just Claire at cash flow leasing, it's who is Claire as well. So I think that's very important that people get to know you and trust you. It's that know, like, and trust, isn't it, that people need. Um, And yeah, and because of that, I've got a lot of connections in property. I've done a lot of property training as well. Um, So that helped with my knowledge of of how um, strategies work. And also it helped me to educate the lenders on how strategies work as well. Um, a lot of them didn't understand about rent to rent and they were like, oh, if I don't own it, how can we, you know, this sort of thing. So a lot of education to, to the lenders as well. Um, had a lot of meetings with some that wouldn't normally even do furniture, but because I, you know, was out the box, went and met with them, had conversations, you know, I've got lenders on board that other people don't. Um, so yeah, that's sort of, it's about getting not just your business out there, but also getting yourself out there. 
Very good. And how how have you found the transition from being uh, an employee to uh, running your own business? I think that's the hard bit. I still I still treat myself as an employee, so I still do the you know nine to five. And because it's my own business, I actually work later as well. So I do. Um, you know, if somebody wants to talk in an evening, I will. If somebody wants to talk at a weekend, that sort of thing. And, you know, uh, don't really have, uh, you know, it's, it's Easter. We're talking now Easter weekend and um, people should be spending time with their family. But I'm very business, you know, or I want my business to grow. So I know that sometimes as an employer, you would just work nine to five, go home, you forget about it. But when it's your business, you can't. You have to be on it until it gets to the point where you can then have employees that you trust to make it easier so then you're working on the business not so much in the business but I don't think I'll ever be um, a business owner that's not working in it if that makes sense because a lot of what I know is in my head and I'm trying to give that to other people I find very difficult um, but yeah also you've got the other stuff as well haven't you like accounts and Oh, legislation and data protection and all the other stuff that you wouldn't normally worry about but because it's your business you have to make sure you're doing it all right so there are a lot more other things you have to worry about as a business owner than you would as just an employee and it is difficult and it must be interesting the the range of uh property uh enterprises and ventures and deals and projects that you you come across because um, you're uh, in and out of all sorts of different strategies all over the country. What, what, uh, what, what are a couple of interesting ones you've, you've seen over the last year or so? So, um, oh, obviously me. keeping it confidential. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Um, yeah, so I've worked with quite a few uh, people. You've got your normal rent-to-rent guys that just got a couple of essays and that sort of thing, HMOs. Um, I've worked with some bigger guys that have converted... Uh, properties into like 18 bed HMO um, that sort of thing um, oh, what else have I done um, I've got blocks of apartments that have then been split between investors and um, yeah one's got half one's got the other so um, yeah so we've done quite a lot really um, what else have I done oh, I've done a, ho- done a hotel so a couple of hotels actually they were interesting um because the furniture side of it is a lot more high end um and when you the thing i enjoy as well is like seeing what they turn out like so um i need to do more of it really i need to get in contact with my customers and get a lot more case studies because some of them are like the the hotels that people have done they just look amazing you know they just yeah and it's like, oh, I'll go and stay there. Same with the SAs as well. You get a lot of people doing um, serviced accommodation um, properties like houses and things like that. And you you do see, you know, I had one uh, one lady do one down in um, Western and that were, they just looked amazing, you know. And I'll tell you that the most um, weird thing that I have leased was a hot tub. So I can lease hot tubs as well. Um, a guy <laughs> wanted one for his serviced accommodation. So we leased it. Um so yeah and i, and think that's I, I can I imagine uh, that that's going to be an increasingly popular thing as holiday lets um uh, start to kick back into gear yeah yeah but for the larger uh service accommodation and holiday lets well that, that's fantastic well claire I, I really appreciate you coming on the show 
Um, just once again, uh, what, what's that website? So it's www.cashflowleasing.co.uk. Um, it's not the best website. I need to get it better, um, but it is a way for people to, to contact me rather than the, the normal sort of Facebook and that sort of thing. Okay, well, clear from cashflowleasing.co.uk. You're very mm -hmm. welcome. Uh, I'm Will Mallard. This is My Property World. Thanks, Claire. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Welcome to My Property World, a light and informative look at all things property. We have designed this series for people involved in property and property finance in the UK market. However, we do take examples from all around the property world. Our aim is for us to make money from property together. Whether that be buying, selling, financing, trading or getting involved in a deal in another way. We do this by informing, entertaining and enjoying ourselves talking property, which gives you a chance to get to know us, what we're up to and to check us out until you're ready to make money together. In the meantime, My Property World is free and fun, so plug in your headphones and enjoy. We would love for you to like, share and comment, so please do on social media. And if you have questions, ideas for topics or deals you would like to explore, we're always looking for guests, so get in touch via the My Property World profile.